What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your hosts, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution, brilliant. Landon Donovan, where things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and Dempsey is denied again! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through! Oh, it's incredible! All right, and welcome to the next episode of the Gabacho Barracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. Uh, not as always, we are down a man today. We are down Thomas Miller. Hairs uh, up for Thomas. Uh, don't know what's really going on, so we'll see what happens there. But just everybody shower him with love. If you can get a hold of him, get a hold of him. Let him know that we're thinking about him. But we uh, we do have the two thirds of us here, Corey Adair at DJ Corf 07. And as always, I'm here with Dan Angel at Dan Angel 11. How you doing today, Dan? Well, and missing Thomas, of course, but it is still a good day for um, Union Berlin because somehow we are still in first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even it's not even that Bayern is really screwing up either. Bayern it looks like a force to be measured with. When it yep. comes to international uh, competition and within the league, too. So it's not even like it's one of those years where Bayern's down and there's two or three teams towards the top of the Bundesliga. It's still Bayern being Bayern and Union's just reaching for the stars right now. Yeah, I mean, granted, I don't know how in the world we pulled off from the match with um, Monk and Gladbach. I mean, like that one... Like we should have gotten a point out of it. Like we played well enough to um to earn a draw, but somehow we found the winner on the last kick of the match and took three points when it should have been one. And I mean, that's what makes title runs. Like when you can turn losses into draws and draws into wins and stoppage time, you do that enough, you're gonna be in the mix for a title and you might even um stumble into one. So yeah, I don't know how we're I don't know how we're still doing this, but I mean we've already faced um Bayern and Dortmund once each, and we've taken four points off them, so this is possible. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think that second half of the the season of the league play that's really going to be where you know either they they keep form or you know Bayern ends up choke holding and squeezing the life out of the league, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, we're rooting, we're rooting for Union. We'll see what happens. I, I really hope they get it. I always love rooting for the underdog. I know yeah. that that Leicester season, I was pulling for Leicester really hard. Oh, of course. Everyone was pulling for Leicester. Well, I just wanted the, I wanted the bookies to lose all, all you know, I just wanted them to lose everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you, can you imagine just um throwing five bucks on Leicester and getting to that point in the season? Oh yeah. Oh dude, just imagine the diehard Leicester fan that was, that that says screw it, and they just put two hundred down every year just, just because. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that two hundred turned into what? It was like what plus fourteen thousand for them to win the league. That yeah, year? something like that. Yeah, just and there were people. There were multiple people because they talked about it. That last month of the year, they talked about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. But no, we're we're definitely pulling for Union. Um, I know that they do have international, you know, competitions that they've been playing and that you've been paying attention to, but. But before we get to that, I mean, it's the second day of the month, and Dan, what month is it? I know. It's November. We're so close. Dude, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> We're up against, um, is it is it Camry now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So something we were talking about a couple hours ago is how Wales officially changed their country name. I didn't know you could do that. And yeah. you guys posted uh posted the name that they changed it to in the group chat i'm like that's not a real word i don't <laughs> yeah yeah how do you spell it uh i think it's c-y-r-m-u 
Yeah, that's too many. That's too many consonants. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't. There's this thing, <laughs> Celtic languages, right? Whether it's Irish, Scottish, or Welsh, right? These these three languages, they do this thing where there's either too many vowels in a row, or there's too many consonants in a row. And when mm-hmm. you look at it, it almost gives you a little bit of a brain aneurysm when you're. It's like Charles to- Barkley wrote the language. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And it never fails. 10 out of 10 times, as you're having that aneurysm, you're trying to figure out how to say it, you end up looking the pronunciation up or someone says it out loud, and instantly you're just like, dude, there's no fucking way that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, which which on that subject, I think that psalm also, like, I think the people who wrote the um, Celtic, Scottish, um, Welsh languages also did the same thing with the Philadelphia accent. Because, like, you know how the thing with um, Charles Barkley is that um, he never says I'm terrible. It's always terrible. Yeah. So my first so my first um, managing editor when I worked in Idaho, the guy was from just outside um, Philadelphia um, in New Jersey. So, I mean, I think Charles Barkley picked up that um, terrible thing from starting his career with the 76ers. Because when I get out to Idaho, like, Anytime our managing editor didn't like something, he always described it as horrible. Like, Ian, where did the vowels go in that word? You know, and, and that actually kind of reminds me of my dad. Apparently, I don't know if it's a Midwest thing, a Southern thing, or just a country thing. But adding an R to the, to the word wash. Oh, yeah. I think Pittsburgh does that, too. Yeah, I don't I don't know wh- what it is. Or, or even uh, this, this one actually perfectly applies to the words that you just said. Missouri. Oh my God, Mike Alden. My dad. My, <sighs> my grandma, my dad, my grandma. Like, dude, yeah. multiple people in my family, they don't say Missouri. Yeah. Oh my God. So, being a student at Missouri, I'm making <laughs> sure to say it at the end because Mike Alden was the athletic director there. And any time we had to um, interview him, like, Every time he always said the University of Missouri. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like they they see how it's spelled and then they just think it's Missoula, Montana. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Missoula, Montana is not a city that has treated me well. <laughs> I don't I actually I think that's the type of city that probably doesn't treat very many people well. You know, they they say that it's like its nickname is the Garden City because supposedly it has better weather or milder weather than the rest of Montana, which I referred to Montana as the icebox some because like it gets cold there like 10 months out of the year. Like in September, it's still freaking freezing in Montana. Yeah, I've covered basketball games um, at um montana twice both games total blowouts which idaho state always gets creamed when they go up to missoula and both times that i've when i've woken up to leave missoula it's been snowing yeah i believe that i believe that montana is basically just a turd of canada so oh my (laughs) i'm not touching that one i have family in montana i have a really good friend in montana montana's lovely it's just cold yeah, well, I mean, I I don't think Canada's a bad place. I just, you know, I, I I like using that word. But no, you go go ahead and spell it one more time, just so we can tell people what it's how it's pronounced. All right, I think I could be wrong. I think it's C Y R M U, C Y R M U, and it's spelled and it's pronounced Camry. <laughs> somehow the U makes an E sound. Somehow the Y makes an A sound. It's Camry. I. I will never understand that. Somebody, if you're listening, just go ahead and yeah. write that word let, down. And let then... me double check um, to see what it actually is. Um, all right. Okay. I had um, the I had two letters reversed. It was C-Y-M-R-U, not C-Y-R-M-U. Doesn't C-Y-M-R-U. matter. So C-Y-M-R-U. So, that, so the Camry pronunciation it makes a little more sense with the M before the um, R, but still, it doesn't make any sense. It's still a Y making an A sound and a U making an E sound. Yeah. <laughs> and a um dragon by any other name will still probably um cash a both teams to score bet against the United States. Yeah, yeah. I mean we're getting we're getting to the point where as long as our typical starting eleven and you know critical subs are healthy, 
coming out of league play in the next couple of weeks, we could start looking at some betting lines. Yeah, absolutely. So no, I'm I'm excited. I I woke up yesterday and instantly was like, dude, it's time. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's here. Let's go. Let let let's let's go. <laughs> this is this is the world's greatest sporting moment. It only happens every four years. It's one of the reasons we started this podcast. And it's go time. I mean, we mm-hmm. we've got critical matches coming up over the next couple of weeks in league play. We've got some international league games going on still. And then it's time to start practicing and it's time to start getting revved up. And we're going to start seeing, you know, who's going to be the next Thomas Rodriguez. Who's going to master the ball like like Forlan from Uruguay. I mean, we, we this is where legends are made. You know, absolutely. We're going to have another Van Persie volley. Like what? <laughs> God, that, that play was so amazing to watch live. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, like, dude. You just see that happen, and it's like, holy cow, did he really just do that? Yep, and I mean, and this is the tournament that the reason VAR even exists, because Lampard had a goal that was never a goal. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that could have totally changed things for England. Oh, dude, they could, they would have made, I, I, believe, I believe they would have made the finals if, they, if that goal had gone in. Maybe. I mean, Germany still still did um, control a good chunk of the rest of the match, so we'll never know. But I mean, the like the match where I think VAR absolutely is um, warranted was the 2002 match between the U.S. and Germany. Yeah, because if Torsten Frings gets called for a handball, I firmly believe we have a final of Brazil United States. Yeah, which would have just been absolutely bonkers. I mean, think about where we we would be at today if that had happened. I'm sure, I'm sure some of these dual U.S. citizens that play for Germany now that are a little bit higher quality than the ones we started recruiting back in 2010 would have came our way if that had been. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, with and with how the um, seeds worked back then, like the United States just missed being a seeded team in the 2006 world cup like if they were coming off an appearance in the finals they would have been a seeded team that world cup and instead of getting a draw that included italy and the czech republic and ghana i mean they might have gotten a much easier draw and come out with a pretty solid finish that world cup which would have totally changed the equation going into 2010 and like we might have we might have been much much further along Dude, and, and that could have, uh, if you know, want, want to talk butterfly effects. Think about mm-hmm. 2018 at that point. Yeah. So, no, we're we're really excited. Uh, you know, we're three weeks away. So. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know that you despise MLS, and we have both gotten MLS so many times this year. So we're not going to talk a lot about the MLS Cup final, but one thing of interest. The fact that Gareth Bale's not getting off the bench for LAFC. Yeah, he's still going to start for Wales, though. Oh, of course he will. But what kind of form is he going to be in? Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's it's ironic, too, that you bring that up because Carlos Vela is still tearing it up at MLS, and Mexico is in dire need of attacking third players. And is he even going to get called up to the World Cup? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, there, so there's 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 multiple World Cup implications that are going on in MLS right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I didn't I didn't want to touch too much on L.A. Philly, which I mean, it should be an interesting match. But I mean, what's the point? We're both going to get MLS if we play it. Yeah. And, and in all in all honesty, I'm rooting for Philly in that one. Philly, as far as a developmental on the developmental side of things, you know, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, Aronson's a Philly product, mm-hmm. you know, so both Aronson yeah. brothers. Uh, they've they've done a pretty good job with their the regional youth development that they have with Philly. Yeah, and as- and Philly has always kind of lived in Seattle and Portland's shadow because the way that MLS expanded, Seattle came in in two thousand nine, Portland came in in twenty eleven, and Philly came in in twenty ten. And while Seattle and Portland have racked up MLS cups, some and MLS Cup final appearances. Philly has never done any of that until this year. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, now, now they're taking that development and moving it to achieving bigger and better things too. Yeah. And good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I firmly believe, you know, this is something too, that we've never actually talked about on here. This is actually a pretty good point. The American, you know, the, the Atlantic Northeast region, right. Is kind of more of a basketball recruiting hotbed than it is oh, absolutely. A recruiting hotbed. Oh Yeah. So maybe there is a potential there for some of that talent to trickle down into soccer more. And mm-hmm. we see that because, I mean, look, uh, Pulisic's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You got the Aronson brothers. And then where did where did Raina get his start at again? Um, take a look. I want to say it was up there. Let's see. And while you're looking that up, I know Dallas has done a good job. Wait, yeah, I mean Kenny and Ferreira, but I just I I'm you know I'm kind of getting that feeling that maybe some of the hotbed for soccer talent is going to be coming from the Northeast, mainly because it's not necessarily a huge football market. It is a big basketball market, but if you're not mm-hmm. big enough to be next level great at basketball, soccer is a really really good opportunity for you. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean I'm like I'm from that corridor. Um being in Virginia, like we like Virginia is kind of a weird in a weird limbo between the two. Um, like part of the state considers us um the South, part of us considers us the Mid Atlantic, along with um Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. I lean more toward the Mid Atlantic side, and like football in some parts of the state matters, but basketball is king, and always has been. And yeah, soccer has gotten a lot bigger the closer that you get to Washington. So, yep. And it was, it was NY, uh, NYCFC. Yeah. Which, which makes sense because Claudio Rain is from New Jersey. Yep. And, and, but it it still fits that mold that, that I'm, Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of talking about there. So, yeah, you know, keep, keep an eye out. You start seeing some guys that are, you know, 18, 17, 16, potentially 15 years old coming up and getting any minutes in any of those teams up in the Northeast, look out there. There, there's a, there's a clear sign for a pathway for them to go to Europe. Yeah. I mean, Rochester has been a huge soccer market. Um, I mean, obviously New York, you have so many kids on there who are from just all over the place who just come there and soccer is the one language that everyone can speak. Yep. Absolutely. Um, So one thing that I did want to bring up, is injuries and form of our guys lately. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that I know Pulisic isn't playing a ton of minutes, but ever since they got their new coach, he has been he has been in the lineup a little bit more often over the last couple of weeks. I think his form is fine. He has a couple assists. He's created multiple dangerous opportunities that haven't been, you know, capitalized upon. He doesn't have any goals, but he has come close to a couple of goals. I I think he's creating chances. I think he looks dangerous out there. I think he looks fluid. He's not out. It, he doesn't look out of sync is my main thing. And mm-hmm. I, we've talked about it on here multiple times. I want him in a healthy, frustrated mentality. Like not, yeah. I don't want him so frustrated where he forces things when we get to cutter, but mm-hmm. I want him frustrated enough to go take things when we're there. And yeah. I, I think he's at that point because to me, his form looks solid, but yet there's plenty of things to frustrate him. And I, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, seeing how he looks come here to, you know, three weeks from now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the like this team is going like, let's just say it, this team is going to go as far as Pulisic's ability can carry us. I mean, he is the X factor that really makes this team go. And if he's in the right mindset, there's a lot that we're capable of. If things go wrong there, we could lose to anybody. Yep. Yep. And then another thing I'd like to point out, the the person on our team, there's two people on our team that have been dealing with the most injury issues over the last six months, one of them being Gio Reyna and the other one being Weston McKinney. I do want to say that Weston McKinney is out for about two weeks with a quad injury, I want to say. I, I believe it was a quad injury which doesn't look good. I really do value his ability to create goal chance, you know, goal scoring opportunities from an aerial threat from set pieces, right? He he's, he seems to score a lot of headers for Juve. 
And he seems to be really dangerous for us when it comes to set pieces. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that has always been a very important aspect of us men's national team play is set piece glory. So yep. I do hope that, you know, we we've talked about it too, where he heals fast. So th- there's hope, but he is dealing with an injury. Hopefully he can come off the bench and get some minutes. As far as Gio Reyna is concerned, he's been playing every match for the last like two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you watch more Bundesliga than I do. How, what, what is, uh, what's your thoughts on him right now? I mean, it's just a matter of um, like, I mean, obviously if he's, if he's going, if he's healthy, then he's going to be on the pitch. It's just a matter of, is he going to get through these last couple Bundesliga matches and still be ready to go? Because he's just been, it just feels like he's been cursed with injuries for pretty much as long as we've been doing this show. Like the talent is unquestioned. I mean, when he's healthy and on form, he's one of our most important players, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So hopefully good health has finally found him. Well, I will say this. He did score a goal less than a week and a half ago. So yeah, that was his first um, Bundesliga goal in um, over a year. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and he, again, has been playing more and more minutes since then. So yeah, very good sign. Looks like he'll be in form. I great, know great for um great for the U.S. Not so great for Union, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it, it, it's. It, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I am pulling for you. I just do want to, I want to see, I want to see him play well at a minimum. Agreed. Before we get to Qatar, Cutter. Agreed. Um, at, outside of that though, you know, I don't, I know Dest has fallen out of favor. I didn't really look up to see how much he did. Thomas is our La Liga guy and mm-hmm. we're kind of down that, but I do know Musa is getting a lot of attention and I think, he, I think he's healthy. As far as Prem guys go, the 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 center of that midfield between Adams and Aronson looks just as good as it's ever looked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aronson got into a big who did he get into? I don't even remember who he got into it with, but Leeds who did Leeds play? Oh man. Once I see who they played here, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. But uh oh, it was Liverpool. He got into it with Robertson. He was mm-hmm. He, he was trying to keep the ball away from Robertson, was blocking him out, you know, bo- like boxing him out basketball style. And Robertson pushed him. He goes down, gets up, and then they got into each other's faces. And Adams just came flying out of nowhere to defend Aronson. It was it was awesome. Uh, and Leeds won that one, you know. I, I, I pull for Liverpool, and Leeds won that match. And that just that edginess that those two have together, even, even if McKinney's hurt, a midfield of Adams, Musa, and Aronson, I think is liable to score goals. Yeah. Stepping away from um, the U.S. team for a second, um, but still talking injuries, do you think um, the, the champion's curse is um, already starting to affect France with Pogba down? I don't know. Just because I don't think Pogba's been in that great a form for the last couple of years. True. I think, I think France, honestly, like – to be perfectly honest with you, I think this is one of those moments. I'll use fantasy football as an example here, which is a random comparison to make, but this is what we do. In fantasy football, you draft a team and you're supposed to pay enough attention to your team to where you can tell who's trending down and who's trending up, right? And if you see a guy on your team that you feel overall is trending down but then has a couple good games in a row, you need to trade that guy. Yeah. I feel like that comparison is kind of what needs to happen with France if they don't want to fall into that curse. There's certain guys that for a couple of years now have not been playing that great. Griezmann might be another example. Maybe he's a spark you bring off the bench, but I don't think you should be starting him. Yeah. Uh, but Pogba is another good example of that where maybe the time has come to where you kind of keep him as just an emotional leader mm-hmm. and, and you don't really necessarily play him at that sixth position because his form just hasn't been there. And and the problem is every team that's fallen into that curse has done exactly what you say they shouldn't do. They fall in love with their old guys, and it's four years later, and they just can't do the job anymore. Yep. That no, dude. And that's you know I think I think the best example of that's probably Spain, Italy too. Yeah, absolutely. 
The Gabacho Barracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast is sponsored by the Betcota Sportsbook. The Betcota Sportsbook is a South Dakota-owned and operated sportsbook located in the Midnight Star Casino in downtown Deadwood, South Dakota, serving customers in the state. As you enter the Midnight Star Casino, you are swept into the past with the grand staircase, stunning woodwork, and the elegance of the chandelier. They offer the best lines in Deadwood, so stop on by and mention the Coda Sports Gambling Network to receive a free Betcota t-shirt. Play responsibly, must be 21 years or older to wager. Gambling problems or concerns, call 1-800-522-4700. But yeah, I mean, with Italy in 2010, in like the announcers um, after that match with um, Slovakia in the final group stage, Simon Brotherton even said it, a tournament too far for an aging team. And Marcelo Lippi just stuck with his veterans the entire way, didn't really make any changes until it was too late. And one of the few changes he did make bringing on what was then a fairly young Fabio Quagliarella almost saved Italy's butts in that match. Like you need to be able to make changes and not stick with the same guys that you've been using for four years. Yeah. And, and when I say that Spain example, Casillas is what I'm thinking of. Oh he, yeah. <laughs> he, he had no business being in net that tournament. Oh my God. I mean, just seeing Van Persie and Robin just completely undress Spain in that match. It's like, yeah, Casillas just was not match sharp. He was not ready to go. Like, David De Gea should have been playing. Yep. And now, you know, bringing it back around to, you know, injuries in form, I I think we're going to see a lot of the same guys. I don't know. You know, we we have our feelings about Burhalter. We'll see who he picks. We'll see what he does. I I still firmly believe that when this team has their backs against the wall, they have gotten the results that they needed. I know most of those matches have been on home soil, mm-hmm. but you know nobody's on home soil other than Cutter. So yeah, you know I I I do believe that the talent can overshadow his inabilities. It's just going to be how motivated are they out of the gate, and I think that's kind of where we're in that moment where it's the hope that kills you, where we're just waiting to see what happens. Yeah, and I mean that motivation is pretty much always something that has been an American staple. Um, Like we pretty much every time that we lose a match, it's because we give up a goal in the first 15 minutes. If we survive that first 15 minutes, we almost always take at least a point. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that's, you know, we going, going into the season, it looked like we might've had a plethora of keepers. Doesn't look like it at the end of last summer. It looked like we had a plethora of center backs and now we don't. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see the players we call up and see, you know, he's going to he's going to try to, you know, rule the formation and the style of play with an iron fist with his scheme and his and and his tactics. And it's going to come down to the players just making the right plays in the moment. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. I just pray that we don't finish third in the group. Me too. Anywhere but third. Because I'd rather, I'd rather finish last and get our butts kicked and him get fired. Yeah, because my thought process is if we make it out of the group stage, wonderful. If we flame out and we're bottom of the group, there's no chance Burhalter stays on. If we're third, they might keep him on. Especially if we lose out on like goal differential. Yeah. If yeah, especially if we tie on points. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to touch on something real quick, and that was the group. The groups just got announced for next year's Women's World Cup. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have made it a very conscious effort to bring to light our women's team. And actually, I got a really quick take here that I do want to bring up. I saw something on social media earlier today where people, you know, we all, when we've talked about it too, even on here, where if our best athletes didn't have the opportunity to get paid top 5% money, in whatever league that they play in, whether it be the MLB, the NBA, or the NFL, right? Top 5% Mm -hmm. of money compared to, say, soccer in Europe even. If they didn't have that opportunity here and we cared about soccer, you know, just how much of a death sentence it would be to European nations. And I firmly do believe that. I just don't think we'll ever get to see it fully come to fruition. But the point that the person made on social media was our women's national team is that proof. Yeah. Right. Because the only other sport that they can really play like volleyball is great in college, but you don't make any money after college. That's true. 
And basketball is great because you can make money after after college with the WNBA. You don't make, you know, top tier money, but you make good money for for women's sports. Yeah, and I mean, you can go to um one of the European leagues and actually make more than you would in the WNBA. So basketball is pretty lucrative. But by that token, I mean, there's a reason that the women just straight up run over the competition in um, basketball. Like it's not even close. Yep. And we actively just talked about it earlier this episode where, you know, if you're not tall enough to play basketball, soccer might be your sport because it's all Mm -hmm. about, it's all about lateral movement and hip fluidity. Yeah. Um, I think the women's national team is a testament to if our best athletes were in a concerted effort to dominate a sport, we would dominate any sport on a world level. And I think soccer is no different, but who did, who did we get in our group? All right. So there, so um, they expanded the women's world cup to 32 teams this year. So they're still playing out the last couple playoff spots, um, similar to what they did for the men's song draw. So the two teams that we know are going to be in the um, group are the Netherlands, so we get a rematch of um, the 2019 World Cup final in the group stage, which is pretty cool. And Vietnam, which is probably going to be an execution. Yeah, yeah, that might be one of those really good examples where Dan complains about more isn't better. I mean, I'm glad, like... On one hand, I'm glad that they went to um, 32 because 32 really is the perfect number for the World Cup. I mean, it you get eight groups, four teams in each, top two advance in each. You don't have to worry about third-place permutations. Beautiful. But are there really 32 um, nations when you're, li- when you're artificially limiting UEFA and CONCACAF? which it sounds weird to talk about CONCACAF that way in um, a soccer context, but that's how it is in the women's game. When you're artificially limiting those two confederations, there really aren't 32 teams that deserve to be in the World Cup. If you're going to give UEFA like 20 slots, then okay, you can get a good um, World Cup of 32 women's teams. But Asia doesn't deserve as many slots as they get. South America doesn't deserve as many slots as they get. I mean... You look at um, these playoff groups, which are going to fill the last um, the last um, teams in. Like one of these, one of Chinese Taipei, Paraguay, Papua New Guinea, or Panama is going to be in a World Cup group. Yeah, and I think this kind of ties into the men's side of things too, where it when when it gets expanded in four years, how many of those teams from those regions? should you take versus taking more from a better region like Europe, but then you start flooding it with European nations and it's kind of this little happy balance that you have to play, but you're right. When you list off those names that it sounds like pigs going off to slaughter at that point. I mean, pretty much. And of the, of those four teams that I just named, one of them is going to be paired in a group with France and Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what, man, I don't know. I don't know how well our books do with women's soccer. I know they allowed us to bet some women's hockey in the Olympics for a little while there. Our, our books do just fine with women's soccer. I mean, I was cleaning up for a good portion of um, the women, women's euros. I think I'm going to just bet that Brazilian. I, I, you know, again, I should do better. I'm not the best. Whoever that Brazilian chick is, I'm going to bet her anytime goal score every match for the group stage. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure that that's going to be such a great idea um, moving forward because Marta's really starting to get up there in all the years. Like at the time of the, at the time of the world cup, she's going to be 37. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll have to do it. Mean, she might, she might still score a goal. Cause she like, she is one of the best storm to ever play the game, man or woman, but I mean, she's starting. She's starting to run out of steam a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I I can see it. You know the 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 one key phrase when it comes to sports is Father Time's undefeated. So yeah, I I think Father Time's got a winning percentage of like point nine nine eight, but yeah, for the most part, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Well, one of the few people is Tom Brady, and he's mean. Yes. So, I mean, he could beat Father Time. He just couldn't beat on the end of his marriage. Yeah, well, Father Time won. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but as far as far as um the um final team in on um, the US's group, so that's going to be whoever survives a three team playoff between Cameroon, Thailand, and Portugal. Which I don't know. I mean, Portugal is not really I mean it it's nowhere near as much of a um power as it is on the men's side. Like Portugal is getting better, but Portugal still lags behind on the women's side. I mean, Thailand, like we saw what happened to Thailand the last time that they were at the World Cup. The United States beat them 13-0 in the first match. So if like if this group does end up containing two Asian sides, like it's really not going to be fair and it's going to be pretty ugly because the U.S. and the Netherlands are basically just going to have to put as many goals past Vietnam and Thailand as possible because there's a very good chance that they draw their match and it comes down to goal difference. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about tournaments like this. The, the, the yeah. not, you know, I know like the Champions League, which we'll talk about here in a second, but Champions League, they, they all play home and homes. So... <laughs> Points usually determines the group, but goal differential can come into play. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a World Cup where you just get one match versus each team. Goal differential is huge. Oh, yeah. Like, and this, I, this is going to look a lot like Belgium, England, Panama, and Tunisia, where Belgium and England knew that they had to just put up big numbers in their first two matches. Yep. And I, and I think this speaks to the volumes of why the World Cup is so beloved is because this isn't a you know the group the the knockout stage is completely different monster but getting out of the groups everybody's trying to score goals you have mm-hmm. to you have to score goals yeah you you have to score points you're not going to advance with 3 points with 0-0 draws throughout three matches not not in one where there's no third place team advancing nope not at all so you have to score goals and in all honesty you're better off getting into shootouts and scoring as many goals as possible. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, the way the groups are drawn, so it's done. So it's done geographically um, for this one because um, the U.S. or so the U.S. Um, is playing their matches entirely in New Zealand, and the World Cup is being co-hosted by Australia and New Zealand. So some of the groups are on are in one country, some are in the other. So. Like the winner of group E is going to face the runner up in group G, which is another New Zealand group. And there's a big difference between drawing Sweden, which has been a real thorn in the U.S.'s side, and drawing Italy, which is still a good team, but not quite on the level of the Swedes. Yeah. So, like, the U.S. is going to have to go all out to make sure that they do not land a round of 16 match with Sweden, because that is a tough assignment. Yeah. See, and that's another thing that I think is a big difference, you know, on the women's side, I think there is a bigger discrepancy between the top end of the talent pool and the bottom end of the talent pool. It's where Mm -hmm. you are looking at who you're going to match up against and what you want to do with cold differential versus in the group stage on the men's side, you're just, you just are trying to break. (laughs) You're just trying to break out of the groups. (laughs) Correct. Correct. As long as you make it on the men's side, then you've done um, your job on the women's side, who you play absolutely matters. Right. Well, I'm going to take this chance. So let's go ahead and transition to champions league. And then we'll get to our uh, plays of the week. I, I, I was looking at some trends and stuff on the prem and I, I've got some plays that I like. I I've, been trying this new strategy and it's worked for me the last couple of days. So we're going to keep going with it. But uh, for champions league um, one take that I want to, I wanted to make is that it really feels like some of these top end money teams who might not necessarily be doing so well in their league play are really doing well in champions league. Mm -hmm. The biggest example I'd want to use for that is Liverpool. Like they, they just, I mean, they lost, they lost a, Fulham, I don't want to say. Like I, I don't even know. Was it Fulham? I think it was Fulham. But they, they just they lost to somebody that they had no business losing to. And then they go into Champions League and then they win. Mm-hmm. You know, and the one team that just keeps screaming to me, it's still City. They won three to one today against Sevilla without Holland. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that these knockout stages are getting decided. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I really like the positioning that Premier League teams have put themselves into. I mm-hmm. really like where, where they're at. Uh, La Liga teams aren't doing so well. Portuguese teams look pretty solid. Uh, the top tier German teams are, are doing okay, doing well. Bayern looks like a force in Champions League. I know. Um, and then PSG. I mean, we keep talking about Man City going to city it up in the end, and they're looking good in group stage, but PSG has been kind of cursed as far as it comes to Champions League. Mm-hmm. And they're doing everything we thought they would do in the attacking third this year in the Champions League. So I don't know. Uh, who would you, who, who do you feel would be the team that you would want to bet on right now to win it all? Oh man. I mean, I don't know. PSG really looks like this could be on their time. And because it certainly doesn't hurt that they are probably not going to get pushed on too hard in um league in league 1 norm in France i mean maybe lens will give them a little bit of um pressure but i mean that's really just psg's to lose so they're going to come into champions league focused entirely on that and they're going to be able to folk to play their best guys in those matches without worry about a champions some um, race in their domestic league, which I think will make a really big difference. So that's going to be a team that I don't think anyone wants to see in the round of 16. I'm also really liking Napoli. I mean, the attack is just outstanding. I mean, 20 goals scored in six matches. Granted, I mean, they had a couple matches in there against um, Ajax and Rangers who just were not up to stuff in that group, but Napoli could definitely make a run. And as you mentioned, Bayern just looks amazing. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I can't get over the Bayern thing. I can't get over the city thing. PSG is right there with them. Um, Chelsea looks to be turning a corner lately. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, we talk about teams that just are feel like they're cursed, right? And mm-hmm. multiple of the teams that I just said, PSG is one of them, Man City is one of them. They both are quote unquote cursed teams when it comes yeah. to the tournament, right? Chelsea's not one of those cursed teams. Correct. Um, Real Madrid still looks like some somebody that that is worth, you know, maybe putting some money on. But maybe you could speak on this. I can't speak on this, but I don't know when the last back to back Champions League winner was. I don't know either. So I, you know, I'm not going to go into that, but uh, Napoli has looked to have some hope. And that's where I came at with the, the Liverpool hope, you know, is they beat Napoli two to nothing at home yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but Napoli has looked good. And actually yeah. that was, that was going to, I played a parlay in that one. I hit my play of the day with Tottenham to win, but my, I had a two leg parlay where I was Liverpool and Napoli, both teams to score. I was convinced of that one and Napoli couldn't get that. that so that kind of surprised me. Right. And I know Bayern beat Inter two to nothing, but Inter's look good, you know, mm-hmm. so far. And then I think one of the, I hate to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't like to say it. I'm probably only going to say it this one time unless they actually do something that really makes me think differently. But you want a long shot. Tottenham doesn't look too bad. No, they don't. No, they don't. I think the um, te- I think um, the team that everyone wants to play out of the group winners in the round of sixteen, it has to be Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, Frankfurt. And then I think didn't uh, didn't somebody from the Dutch league make it? Isn't Bruges making it to the next round? I think Bruges. Oh uh, yeah, Bruges. Bruges is out of the Belgian league. Belgium. Okay, sorry, my bad. I, I yeah. Did. They both eat their French fries with mayonnaise. That's all I got to say. Hey, um, don't knock that. No, no, no. It's actually not that bad. I do like it. Uh, yeah, and mayonnaise is half a fry sauce. <laughs> I just had to say it. But, I know. Uh, I, I, I spent a year and a half film living in Idaho. Fry sauce is huge there. Oh, I know. I do know that, actually. Uh, but then the two Portuguese teams. You know, those are the four teams like that the, people are hoping to get. A Belgian yeah. team or a Dutch team or a Portuguese team. That's that's who they're hoping to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so Benfica and um 
and Porto, I mean, they're group winners, so they'll be they'll be playing a um, runner up. Whereas Frankfurt was a runner up, so they'll have to play somebody like Chelsea, Bayern, Napoli, Man City. Right. So yeah. Um, no, I think it's going to be really interesting, but I, I I'm. I'm fairly certain that there's no more Champions League till after the World Cup. So we'll yeah, I, I believe you're right, and we're finishing up um, Europa League's group stage. So I'm coming up. Yep. So we can we can go ahead and put the international play behind us because we got the real international play coming up. Yeah, huh. we just need we just need to make sure that we get something out of our match tomorrow and make it to the knockout stage. Yep. We're we're all pulling for Union. Yeah, I mean, if like if we screw it up, we're in the knockout stage of the conference league at least. So at least we've got something coming. But damn it, I really want to make the knockout stage of Europa. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 spe- I especially just want to see more international league play games mm-hmm. at at the Iron Fortress. Same. Um. All right. So let's go ahead and transition to our plays of the di- uh, plays of the weekend. I have one, two, three, four. I have five plays. Okay. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start it off. I am just going to take Leeds money line at home against Bournemouth. I just, I, I like Leeds. I like the way they're playing together. I think that this U S movement is really going to try to finish strong going into the world cup. Um, and, and it's also about Bournemouth on the road. Uh, Bournemouth does, has it, I, I think that the only team they've beaten is forest on the road this year. So I'm going to take the chance. Leeds is kind of hot and cold. But I want to give myself an opportunity to watch some American boys play on Saturday. So I'm going to take Leeds money line at home. It's minus 130. Okay. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. So my first play is a bit of a a concern here, um, given the way that they – Gave, that they lost a point that should have been theirs. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it, but I'm going to go with Borussia Mönchengladbach and both teams to score at plus 240 against Stuttgart because Gladbach just is not stopping teams, but they're playing at home and they should be able to bounce back after what was a tough, tough loss for them at the Iron Fortress. I mean, Stuttgart, not exactly a strong side. They're going to be in that relegation muck all season. And Gladbach, both teams to score, has, like, just the both teams to score, has cashed in six consecutive Bundesliga matches. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance that there's goals here. I think they'll concede at least one, and plus 240 is awfully tempting. If I leave out the both both teams to score, which I might make that a separate play. It's still plus money at plus one Oh five. Yep. Yep. And, and fading a bad Bundesliga team is never a bad idea, but if you're doing it in the right situation, the both teams to score feels really, you feel really good about those type of things. So yeah, absolutely. Um. All right. So the next match, well, the next play that I have, it's on a match. And actually, the next three plays that I have involve the same two matches. So I'll give the one that's the standalone. Uh, and then I'll, I'll give the two that's a stand that are standalones. And then I'll do the third one later. But um, I'm going to go Man City and Fulham, both teams to score. And I know that seems like super risky. And the juice is actually on both teams not to score. And the reason that I'm doing it is more about Fulham. Because Fulham, other than, you know, other than their last league play match and then the match back on October 20th, other than those two matches, they've scored in every match so far in the Prem. Doesn't matter home or away. And in fact, um, or no, no, they've only not scored in one. It was their last one. It was home against Everton. Okay. They've, they've literally scored in every match, whether home or on the road. Awesome. Okay. And Man City is getting to the point where schedule congestion could start to yeah. play. So I I think that Man City could win this 2-1, to 3-1, to 4-1, to 5-1. Maybe Fulham gets two goals. Uh, I just know that 
whoever that striker is for Fulham just scores a bunch of goals. Marchevich or whatever his name is. Oh man. Uh but yeah, I I I like I, I like this. It's minus 105. The juice is on both teams not to score. So I'm going kind of contrarian with that, and I'm banking on Fulham getting one in. Okay. I like that. All right. So my next play is going to stick with the Bundesliga, and I am going to back uh, Werder Bremen here. And unfortunately, it is a bit of a juice play at minus 150, but I just can't trust um, Werder's defense um, to do the job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out the um, win to nil here, but I do think Werder is in a great spot against a Schalke team that really seems to be coming apart at the seams. I mean, Schalke comes into this having lost. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Um, six consecutive matches in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance that Schalke is going to be going straight back down to Bundesliga 2. And, yeah, I think Werder is probably a pretty solid play here. If I do throw anything in along with that, I might go... um. I might go um, Werder's team total over 1.5 and, and pair that with um, the... Um, order to win, but I'm just not sure that Dom a prop bet is going to really work in this situation because Warder's offense has been inconsistent. So I do think they can get the win. I think this might be one where I just take the win. Yep. I can get down with that. Um, all right. So my next play is a straight line play. And I know if you look at the head to head, this doesn't look good. But I'm going to take both teams not to score in Everton versus Leicester. And it's more about the team's forms. So Leicester on the road, other than this Wolves game, um, actually, no. It's actually basically more recently with Leicester. There's a zero on the board in their last four matches. Okay. And Everton has one, two, three, four. Their last four matches have a zero on the board. And I just think that this is one of those situations where this just gets choppy. Everton mm-hmm. Everton at home is just choppy. I don't yeah. know. To me, just everything about Everton is choppy. They're always low scoring. Both teams could score, but at a value of plus 110, it's worth putting a unit on. Like the one thing that I've come to notice, and this is this is what I was getting at earlier in the episode, is you know, the juice is on one side, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the trends point that direction. And, Correct. and even if the trends in the long term point in that direction to the point where the bookies are doing that, sometimes it does feel like this sport could be a little bit rigged. Hopefully, nobody shows up at my door when I say that. <laughs> um, but I've noticed there are a lot of times when going contrarian in soccer actually pays off. Yeah, that's true. And and I just feel like this is one of those ones where I could see a classic 0-0, 1-0, maybe a 2-0 because the team really pushes to get that goal to tie it up at the end. Um, And at the value of plus 110, I mean, you're plus money. And that's, that's all I care about, really. Mm-hmm. So a unit on that, I'm okay with it. And why not? I like that. Okay, so this one is a little contrarian, a little not. So Hoffenheim's defense ranks third in the Bundesliga as far as um, goals conceded. They've only given up 13 goals in 12 matches. And Leipzig, they do score a fair amount, but... The past five matches between Hoffenheim and Leipzig, somebody has fired a blank. So I'm going to take a no on both teams to score at plus 145 here. I mean, it seems like it shouldn't work given how Leipzig has scored 22 goals on the season. But I think there's a chance that um, one of these defenses can keep a clean sheet. Dude, that's a beautiful example of what I was just talking about. I know. <laughs> like, that. that is that – is... 
absolutely exactly what I'm getting at. You're like, well, no, like both teams, especially in Bundesliga, both teams to score mm-hmm. in Bundesliga is like a wagon of a play. As long as, as long as you play it right, it's a wagon of a play. But I have been burned by both teams to score. Yes. in Bundesliga so many times to the point where I, I like it. Yeah. All right. So my, my third, my third play, I've only got, Two more after that. We'll have to get through these kind of quick. Um, okay. I'm taking – so I said the both teams have scored Manchester City Fulham. I'm actually going to take the over two and a half in that game. It's minus 370. I'm going to take the under two and a half in that Everton uh, Leicester match, which is only minus 120 because if both teams don't score, I don't think three goals get scored. And even if both teams do score, I think it's a classic 1-1 draw. So I could lose that one but then hit this one still – and that comes out to plus 132 in that two-leg parlay. Okay. Yeah, I think that can definitely work. All right. Um, so for my next one, I am going to go into Serie A and Juventus and Inter Milan, I think both teams are going to be looking to prove something after they didn't really meet their expectations in non-Champions League. So, I mean, Juventus didn't even get out of the group stage and enter a runner-up. So, I think both teams are going to come out um, looking to showcase some offense. So, for this one, I am going to go with an overplay. So over over two and a half goals, minus 105. I think both teams are going to be on looking to prove something. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm going to go. This one is total contrarian. And and it's not like full-blown contrarian. There's there's moments where you see it in both of not not only head-to-head between the two, but also just the form of the two teams lately. But I'm going to go into that Tottenham-Liverpool match, and I'm going to say that both of these teams have tired legs. Both of these teams have schedule congestion. Mm-hmm. And they're both both of them have the type of quality players that are going to be playing in the World Cup. So I think that this is one of those low-scoring grind-out games. And at under 2.5, it's plus 125. Yeah, I think that makes sense. All right. So for my next play, despite having sworn it off, I mean, it is our it is our own country's domestic league and it is the championship. So I figure I kind of have to do something with Thumb MLS Cup, even though I really don't want to. So I'm going to play um, Philadelphia plus one at minus 120. I think um, the union's getting disrespected here, and LAFC has a history of choking in these big moments. So I think um, Philadelphia can at least um, stay within a goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that I think this probably goes to a draw. And yeah, I think there's a good chance. Typically, and, typically that's what happens. Like, and that's that's the beauty of like if you watch enough soccer and you get good at handicapping it, um, group stages, especially bringing it back to the World Cup, mm-hmm. you're, you're expecting goals in the group stage. But then once you get to the knockout stage, no, dude, like people people are playing for that extra time almost, depending yeah. on. So, this being one of those types of matches. Nobody's going to try to stretch it out. Nobody's going to try to extend the game. They're 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 either going to try to get a lead and sit on it, or there's going to be a draw opportunity and they're going to sit on that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. nobody's trying to win this two to nothing, three to nothing. Yeah, and Philadelphia has been the best defensive side in MLS all year long. So, yeah, which means I'm pretty much certain to get MLS again, and LAFC will win like three now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't do it. Can't, can't. Um. All right. So my last play, and it might be kind of. I mean, no. Prayers up for Thomas. Uh, 
Might be a good thing he's not here, though. I am actually going to do something that I very rarely do, and I'm going to play a draw. And I'm going to okay. play. I'm going to play a draw between West Ham and Palace, and that's because mm-hmm. the last three times that West Ham has played Palace at home, they've either drawn or lost, and the last two times are draws. Okay. And West Ham at home and Palace on the road, it just it screams a one-one draw to me. It just I don't know. It just screams that to me, and. and and the draw is plus two two fifty five. Yeah, I mean, why not? All right. So for my last play, I think Aston Villa is a train wreck right now. So I'm just gonna have to um ride Man United um against um Villa at plus one ten. I mean, with Villa's terrible form, if you can get plus money to fade them, you gotta do it. Yeah, that was one of those uh big money teams, you know, that that was in a matchup where I thought that they they had the advantage that I just kind of stayed away from. But if I wanted to play anything there, I do like money I do like the money line for Man U. Yeah. But all right, well, I'm all out of plays. Do you have any more? Nope, I'm done. All right, so with that being said, we will, we'll, you know, hopefully Thomas is back next week, but I do know one thing. I want to be talking about the World Cup. I'm going to be paying super close attention to all of our boys over the next week, and I cannot wait. I, I've i already, I, I had the four, I had my vacation time put in months ago. <laughs> it's It's go time, people. It's fucking go time. But it's going to be so much fun. I mean, we're going to have such weird sleep schedules and I don't care at all. Well, it actually works out pretty nice because they're kind of catering to the United States with the time slots for their kickoffs. So we Mm -hmm. actually will actually get to watch our games at like normal, normal conditions for us. So no, this is going to be fun. It's a good month. This is my favorite month of the year. It has my favorite holiday of the year. It has my favorite sport of the year. And now I get my ultimate plethora of favorite events. So yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this month for a while. But yeah. with that said, we'll go ahead and let you go. And we will be back next week.